Welcome to the American Citizens Abroad podcast. I'm Michelle, and today I'm chatting with David McNeil with Expat Empire. Welcome, David. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me on the show, Michelle. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your own expat experience? Sure. My name is David McNeil, and I'm originally from the United States. I was born and raised in the U.S., mostly in California, but we moved around a lot growing up. And it was actually in Mobile, Alabama, at 12 years old, where I started getting an interest in Japan. I was interested in Japanese culture and language and the anime, animation, the video games, all the great pop culture that was coming into America from Japan at the time. And so I started with a book and cassette tape set studying Japanese on my own in Alabama. And then my family moved to Los Angeles, where I went to high school. And there I was able to start taking after school classes and doing all kinds of things basically to further my interest in Japan and Japanese language and culture. And so I actually visited Japan for the first time when I was 17 years old. I went with one month trip around Japan, studying the language, going to Japanese schools, doing homestay, going to all different cities across the country. And it was just such an incredible experience that I decided that I want to study Japanese as well as business when I went to university at the University of Texas at Austin. So while I was there, I also was able to go back to Japan for a second time after my freshman year of university. And what I decided after that second one month trip with a friend was that I loved Japan. I wanted to be there. I wanted to go back. But the next time I didn't want to be just a tourist. I wanted to be living there as a local. And so it took me ultimately quite a few years to make it. I continued studying at UT, but I also took a semester at the National University of Singapore. And there I also discovered in myself that while I love Japan and I really wanted to be there, that I could be successful in environments all over the world and in all different cultures. That was just an incredible experience for me and coming out of that in university. I didn't get that job in Japan, but I started my career in investment banking as an analyst in Charlotte, North Carolina. And after two years in Charlotte, I was able to transfer to the San Francisco office. And soon after that, I got a job at a mobile gaming company in San Francisco as a product manager. So that was a new experience for me. And what was even better about that was about six months into the job, I had the opportunity to go to Beijing, China, to that office and be able to work with the local team there. That three month experience started to get that fire back in me to be able to work abroad again. Unfortunately, I came back from that trip not long after to a layoff, and that was a disappointing experience, but I took that drive to be able to live abroad back into my heart and decided to travel around Western Europe for about two months. And during that time, I was taking interviews in Beijing and Tokyo, trying to get either to China again or finally get to Japan after all this time. And so long story short, I had the last interview for that job in Tokyo right before I took the flight back to San Francisco from London. And I got the job about a week later. So I headed to Tokyo, Japan in 2014, stayed there for two years. And then after that, was interested in looking to move to Berlin and found a job opportunity there. So I moved to Berlin, Germany for three years. And now I'm living in Porto, Portugal since the end of 2019. Could you explain what Expat Empire is? Sure. So I started Expat Empire in July of 2018, expatempire.com. So definitely check out the site if you get a chance. It really started with lots of different types of content. This book that I released called Passport to Working in Japan about my time living and working in Japan and how I was able to make it there, as well as soon after the Expat Empire podcast, where I talked to a lot of different expats about their experiences abroad. I started also the Porto meetup for the Expat Empire meetups. And that's been a great opportunity for me to meet people here in Porto and to connect with other expats and locals and tourists as well. 
in addition to a number of blog posts. So we have lots of different content on the website. Again, that's expatempire.com. But now what we're really focused on is being able to provide personalized consulting services to people thinking about moving abroad. We try to do this in a very personalized way and such that we think really about where the person is moving from and to as we work with people basically moving anywhere for all different types of reasons. We help working professionals, retirees, digital nomads, entrepreneurs, and many other people to think through their options abroad. And then we can provide guidance, insight, and actionable information. That's the key part to help them to be able to take the next step in their journey. So some of our services include just an overall call to answer your questions and give advice and insight and guidance to being able to live abroad, especially as an American, of course, and deal with a lot of the challenges that come with that. In addition to helping people to figure out what country that they should move to based on their interests and their needs and their situation, helping people to find jobs abroad, investigate visa options, working with immigration professionals around the world as well. And of course, to help people to start working online, which is a big movement now that we're seeing a lot more remote working, a lot more digital nomads. And so ultimately, indeed, helping people from all these different backgrounds, cultures, countries to be able to achieve their international dreams. What inspired you to create Expat Empire? As I mentioned, I was interested in moving to Japan even from a very young age. And so that was always in the back of my mind. But unfortunately, I was unable to find someone that could really mentor me and show me how to make it happen. So a lot of it was learning by trial and error, a lot of challenges and difficulties along the way, and it took quite a few years for me to finally make it to Tokyo. And so as part of that, I thought, how could I actually give back to the community and the people that are interested in moving to Japan, but want that mentor or want that help and that knowledge and insight that I gained over the years? So that was really the inspiration for me writing the book, Passport to Working in Japan. After I released the book and started working on the podcast and everything else, I also realized that I'm not just someone who's tied to one country. It wasn't just Japan for me. In fact, I'd already been to Beijing and Singapore before that. Then I moved to Germany and now Portugal, and I realized I have all of this great experience. I want to be able to bring that knowledge and expertise to bear to help other people to achieve their international dreams as well. What makes Expat Empire different from similar companies? I think there are a couple things that we do differently. So, for example, we try to offer services that would be helpful for anyone moving anywhere instead of just focusing on one country, which a lot of companies in the sort of relocation expat space do. Our goal is to provide services that are helpful for anyone moving from anywhere to anywhere, as opposed to just focusing on any one region or country around the world. And then second, we provide a very personalized approach to our services instead of a one-size-fits-all approach. So many other companies will, for example, just help everyone the exact same way, even if they're coming, for example, with kids and a family, pets, or coming from different backgrounds, including, of course, retirement and pension income compared to being able to work somewhere or studying somewhere, so on and so forth. So we really try to bring a very personalized eye and approach to all of the unique backgrounds of our clients. And then we also, third, work from the very earliest planning stages of a move to help people think through their options as opposed to only focusing on the point of making the move itself. Our clients tend to work with us at least six months before their move and then also continuing that process of working together while they're making the move to their destination and even in the months following that. So it's a long-term process and we're committed to partnering with our clients in that way. What's the most common question you get asked from someone considering to move abroad? There's certainly a lot of different questions that we get. And as I mentioned, because we work with such a wide variety of people, the questions that we get are quite varied. But one that I have heard more recently from many Americans considering moving abroad in particular is a notion of how safe it is to move abroad. I think perhaps this is driven by 
what maybe people are seeing in the media or just being concerned in general about their overall safety in a new country. But the reality for me, at least on a personal level, is that I found it to be as safe, if not safer, everywhere that I've lived than some of the places that I lived in the United States. So I definitely understand the concern and I can identify with people who are worried about that, but I'm glad to be able to provide them with some positive insight and advice and guidance from my own experience based on the countries that I've personally lived in and traveled to all around the world. Since COVID hit, have you noticed if there are more or less people interested in moving abroad? I think people are certainly more cautious to make concrete plans to move abroad. Of course, it depends on the regulations and restrictions from different airports and countries all over the world. So it is a difficult time to actually purchase a plane ticket and be confident the flight will actually be able to happen down the road. That being said, it's been interesting to see more and more people taking an interest in working remotely, of course, through their existing employer, perhaps. And that might also, by the way, be within their same country. But then in addition to thinking about moving to new countries and being perhaps a digital nomad or long-term living in another country, but working for a foreign employer. It's been interesting to have these conversations and to see where it's going to be heading once things pass this pandemic situation, hopefully in the near future. And I think this openness toward remote working and digital nomadism and these kind of buzzwords that are becoming more and more popular and well-known, but at the same time, a more feasible dream for many more people out there will continue to just change the space and creates an interesting and amazing opportunity for so many people. And I'm excited to help them to investigate that through Expert Empire. Speaking of digital nomads, which sounds like a trend, do you notice any other trends such as popular destinations or why people are moving abroad, an increase in retirees or any surprising trends? I think there are a couple of trends that I've been seeing more recently. There's definitely quite an interest in countries like Costa Rica, Portugal, France, and Italy for retirees. And as far as digital nomads are concerned, of course, Southeast Asia is always a big draw for digital nomads. But now in Europe, at least where I'm based, there's more interest in countries like Estonia, Georgia, and hopefully soon Croatia as well, that all are going to be issuing digital nomad visas. So this is becoming a bit more of a hotspot and hopefully will grow in the near future. I also think in general, this is my guess, maybe as good as yours, that it's going to be interesting to see how companies will adapt to this new reality where virtual communication is becoming the norm as opposed to always having to be in person and going to conferences and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see companies focusing more on having remote employees as well as local talent on the ground to be able to manage those local offices as opposed to regularly bringing in people from abroad for longer term stints. What advice would you give someone, anyone from anywhere, who is considering moving to another country? I think based on my experience, I've seen that there are many different ways to get abroad for people than they might be thinking. They might think that they need to be, for example, having a very high pension income and retirement and wait until they're 65 or older to be able to make that happen or that they need to have a local job that pays extremely well it's lined up before they're able to make the move. So I would just generally say to anyone from anywhere going anywhere that there are many more options. For example, you could start with just taking language classes or going to grad school or some sort of schooling to be able to get a study visa. You could do working holidays depending on what country you're from and where you want to go to. You could also look into volunteering opportunities there's so many different possibilities out there. So I would say just look far and wide and really dig into the possibilities as opposed to just thinking that there's only one way of doing it. And that's more of a make or break opportunity. 
And for Americans thinking of moving abroad, would you have any specific advice that is unique to them only? I think one of the main things, and I'm sure you've covered it many times here on the podcast before, is just to be aware of the financial, legal, and tax challenges that arise as being an American citizen abroad. Things like whether the country has a dual taxation treaty with the U.S. or social security agreements, looking into filing, of course, as a U.S. citizen for your taxes abroad on the U.S. filing deadlines, as well as potentially local taxes. You also have the FBAR reporting that you have to do every year around April 15th as well as different investing rules, such as the MIFID rules, I believe they're called in the EU, that can restrict some of the things that you can buy as an American citizen here. Definitely be aware of that and do your research before you make any investment, financial or tax decisions abroad. Expat Empire, you mentioned, has a podcast. What sorts of topics do you cover and how often do your episodes drop? So the Expat Empire podcast was developed out of my love for sharing interesting stories from expats I've met all over the world in my travels, in my working as well. And so the goal of this podcast is really to share those stories and highlight some of the insights and advice that people have for living abroad or being a digital nomad or a traveler to inspire the listeners to go abroad and show them how they can do it, whether they're coming from the United States or anywhere else. What I really like to do in the podcast is to cover the hard topics about living abroad. For example, finding jobs, getting visas, making friends, building your network, finding apartments, dealing with all of the hassles and challenges and ups and downs that come with being an expat abroad. To that end, we try to stick to a new episode every two weeks. Sometimes there's a little delay or things like that there, but that's what we try to do and just bring those stories to light. Looking forward to hopefully questions from new listeners as well. You've lived abroad for quite a while. If you could go back in time and give yourself some advice prior to moving abroad, what would it be? I think for me, one of the main things would be to keep telling myself that I should keep believing that I can actually make it happen. Some of these dreams I had about living in Tokyo, for example, or going to all the different countries that I had thought about in my head and had daydreams about while I was working in an office were at times quite difficult to see how they would come to fruition. As I mentioned, it was at the very beginning coming out of university when I was hoping to be working in Japan and I actually started my career in the United States. I had a great first job, but That being said, it wasn't my goal, and I was trying to figure out how I would make it happen. And it did take quite some time, a few job switches, layoff, and traveling around Europe to finally be able to find that opportunity in Tokyo and to make it happen. So I think just telling myself that I need to keep it up, I need to keep going after it, making my intentions and my desires and hopes and dreams known to other people and pursuing any opportunities that came down the path is probably the thing that I would tell myself and hopefully people who are listening to this podcast as well. I also know that along the way, there's been many, many challenges that I've had to deal with from tax and legal stuff to visas, to finding new jobs, to getting set up in new countries and cultures and languages. What I've found over time is that none of these challenges have been insurmountable, even if they seem like it at first glance. And so I'm glad to have been able to go through that. And I would also just tell myself, again, things will work out. I think it will for all the listeners as well. Where has been your favorite place to live so far? I've lived in a lot of wonderful countries. I really, really enjoy it here in Portugal. But I think the honest answer to this would still have to be Japan because I dreamed about living there from when I was 12 to when I was finally made it there when I was 26. Many years of studying Japanese in university and high school, taking after school classes, working with language tutors, going to immersion programs, speech contests, 
all of this really driving toward me being in Japan. And so finally being able to be there at 26 was just an incredible experience that I'll never forget. And lastly, how has living abroad changed you? I think it's a bit related to the answer I gave to the previous question, which is this idea that I know that I can accomplish my dreams and be confident and comfortable in different environments and cultures all around the world. I was never tied to any one country as much as I love Japan. I was always kind of thinking about where the next place would be and taking as many trips and travels around the world as possible. And now that I've lived in a couple of different countries all over different parts of the world and visited, I think, almost 60 countries by now, then I know that I can be successful and achieve those goals and dreams and indeed be comfortable in all these different environments. And so I think one way that that experience has changed me is that it made me more of a listen first and act second person. Maybe that's a strange way to say it, but in essence, instead of just doing something and going for it, which of course I do have that part of me as well, now I know from a cultural standpoint to listen first, to learn from other people, to follow the locals and have them do something first and show me the ropes before then acting. So I think this is a great thing that I've learned and honed over years in all different cultures and languages. And that's something that I would recommend to people listening as well that are thinking about going abroad for the first time. Thank you, David, for taking the time to join us today. The American Citizens Abroad podcast is a monthly podcast that is published the second Tuesday of each month, it is edited and produced by me, Michelle, and is a product of American Citizens Abroad. You can find us on Twitter at ACA underscore podcast, on Facebook at American Citizens Abroad podcast, or you can email us at podcast at americansabroad.org. Remember, give us a good rating on Apple Podcasts so other Americans living abroad can find us. 